Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Shopstool podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number 23. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com. I'm joined by Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks. Hello. And John Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. Hello. We live stream the recording on YouTube every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC plus 10. Or you can watch or listen to it later on YouTube, iTunes or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get to your comments and questions towards the end of the show, but feel free to chat amongst yourselves. The idea being that this is also a place for people to meet. So before we get into what we've been working on, just a couple of announcements. The uh, meetup and the Wood Expo show is not this weekend coming. It's the weekend after that. So it's really close. You just Mm. sort of snuck up on me last week. I was like, wow, it's it's right here. So... um, if anyone's interested in meeting up with uh, myself, Joey, or Jordan down in Brisbane on the 5th of May, the link is in the description now if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, otherwise, feel free to contact myself or one of the other guys about coming along. Said obviously, we want to see as many of you as possible. And we will be doing a talk at the Malini Wood Expo around midday on Saturday. So if you are going to that, come say hi. It'd be great to, be great to see you all. Okay, um, Joey, what you been working on? Uh, okay, cutting up a whole lot of plywood for a couple of bookcases. Um, it's been interesting trying to, I'm doing two at the same time. And uh, so just keeping track of a whole lot of different pieces of plywood. Um, yes, for the book. The book sorry? Yes, yeah, I'm doing case. two. Yeah, two at the same time. Um, they're out of two different types of plywood for costs and various other reasons. And um, so it's kind of easy to keep track of which piles which, but there's a whole lot of numbers floating around in my head because I always tend to re- remember my critical numbers. So I'm always making sure that I'm um, remembering the right numbers for the right job. Um, just pretty much finished my extension table, the second one, carry, it's recycled carry. So we were talking a little bit about this before the podcast started, but essentially this client has given me four planks that were the old tabletop, like grandma's old tabletop. Uh, They're pretty bad condition and um, talked to the client about it. And he said, go ahead. I want the character quote unquote. Um, So the problem was that these, there's only four boards and if they were nice and dead straight, I would have had like an 890 odd wide table, which is pretty skinny anyway. Mm-hmm. But these were not nice straight boards and the edges were chamfered off and pretty ugly. So by the time I straightened them out and joined them, I'm down to like 850 something. Mm-hmm. And okay, that is what it is. But unfortunately for me, I made a complete stuff up. And that I didn't think about that when I made the base. I made the base based off the theoretical width of the tabletop. <laughs> so um, this morning I went to put the finished tabletop onto the table base for the first time. And the table base is wider than the tabletop. <laughs> so Interesting design choice. How did, <laughs> how did that se- series of events actually happen? Like, it's an unfortunate series of events. Um, <laughs> it's a good TV show. So, 
Luckily, I had, so when I make those, so the base is the, you know, the X frame, the classic kind of X mm. table leg. So whenever I do an X leg base, they, they can actually be a little bit tricky to work out the geometry. So I always do a full scale drawing on a piece of plywood. Yeah. So I still have that drawing and I went immediately back to my drawing, worked out one mistake I made, uh, which is a bit hard to explain, but um that mistake coupled with the fact that I had a, a much narrower tabletop meant that the little points of the X at the top were too wide by about 10 mil. Right. So I just had to like lock them off um, about two mil back from the edge of the tabletop. Mm -hmm. So there's a little kind of flat spot, uh, which actually doesn't look bad. It's just yeah, annoyed the crap out of me. Well, adds a bit of strength yeah. too. Like yeah, bang or knock it stronger. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I was just, it's like not what I wanted to deal with first thing this morning. I just, I needed to get on to my other job and I was like, now I'm stuck here for you know, another hour just sorting this out. So, Does that sort of bother you on a, um, I think I think yes. you kind of mentioned it, like on a, on a just a, <laughs> yes. I can deal with this, but it yeah. annoys me because I got it wrong. Story. <laughs> I was like, what have I done that, um, like how can I make such a basic mistake? I'm like that's like one oh one table making. Like you, mm. the base is gonna be smaller than the top. Like it, it, it's such a stupid thing to do. And um Yeah. I mean ten mil isn't that much. I was kind of expecting hundred and fifty mil. Well, of. ten mil when I had designed it that the base would sit inside the table top yeah, by, by twenty mil on each side. So I made a okay, yeah. 50 mil stuff up somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Look at the negatives, why don't you? <laughs> so so when's that when's that table due? Uh well it's it's well tomorrow morning it may be finished. It depends if the finish feels good. Uh, I've mm. been sanding all day in the workshop, so chances are the top is just covered in dust and it got stuck in there. So um <laughs> I kind of anticipated that. So I may do a final coat Friday tomorrow uh, and then have the weekend to sit and look pretty. And then I'll try and get it to the client and get it out of my way. Cause it's I've just got so much stuff at the moment. The workshop is shocker. So mm. yeah. It's yeah. me. Cool. Yep. John? Um, oh, I've been doing, I mean, you guys aren't going to believe it, but another couple of dining tables. Um, yeah. I know. I am just a versatile woodworker. Um, but yeah, now this one has been one of those projects where I was kind of stressing a little bit because the client is, a, I think, about four-hour drive away from where I am. And when they came into the workshop for a meeting and I showed them the timber that I would be using, it was a lot cleaner than the timber I had on the rack. So like I had a finished table here in the workshop in the display room and they want the same table, just a little bit wider. And I said, yeah, no worries. I've got the exact same lot of timber. I'll make it out of that. But then when I started machining it and milling it and getting it all glued to together to make the panel, it was just looking really not clean at all. Like a lot of gum vein, <laughs> a lot of knots and, you know, just uh, stuff yeah. all the way through, through it. And I was kind of, like I wasn't stressed thinking that they wouldn't like it. It's just, it's not what they expected. And if they turn around and say, oh, well, I don't like this, it's a long way for me to go to pick it up, 
change tops after I get more wood and just, you know, one of those sorts of things. But I sprayed the finish on that, I think it was yesterday, and it's it's come up really nice. So Sweet. that kind of worry didn't equate to anything because this thing's actually perfect. It's got a little bit more stuff in it than the other table, but when it was in its rough sawn state, it just looked nasty. Um, on top of that, I have been doing like like crazy amount of quotes. I've never had so many quotes out there waiting for, you know, the go-aheads or no thank yous. Um, but yeah, like I've probably got six or seven open quotes that I've done this week alone and I've still got a few I haven't even got around to, which is awesome. Yeah, I'm about the same at the moment. It's just... Yeah. Like, like usually it's, it's you know, two or three out, out at a time is pretty good going for me and now it's just, yeah, seven or eight. It's crazy, which is good. And then... Are any of them by any chance using your stance range or are these all custom? Uh, other than the table that I've just finished putting the buttons on today, that's the only stance range. Everything else is custom. Um, and some um, some of those quotes are like kind of average jobs. So two, one of them is just two end grain butcher blocks, but they're curved to fit inside of an existing like custom stainless steel sink arrangement. Mm. Um, so, you know, kind of a boring commission, but it's a good one because it uses up all my scraps. Um, and some of them are also for laser products, like uh, custom engraved stuff for marketing of events and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like old big furniture builds, but mm. still, it's it's work, which is awesome. Cool. It's more than, more than a lot of people have. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, other than that, it's just been workshop uh, maintenance and people popping in and giving me free stuff and not knowing where I can fit it, like a four and a half ton metal lathe. Um, which I'm still deciding if I want or not. <laughs> you know, who, if you can't move a four and a half ton metal lathe by yourself, I mean, what are you doing with the workshop? <laughs> Where have you gone wrong in life? Right. Just out of curiosity, well, I mean, I would probably jump at the chance to have such a tool given to me. Um, do you or have you ever needed or have you got the want to turn any steel anything? Yes. So I've got. Um, so I do these guitar stands and I have since day one, I've always wanted to do the nut and the posts out of brass or stainless steel. Um, but I've always made it out of wood dow stock and it kind of, it looks fine, but it's not as polished as I want. Right. Um, and I've got a, I, I, I sold my X carve CNC to a guy that is a amateur machinist and I asked him to quote me to do like 10 at a time assemblies. And his charge, like his quote was about a grand for 10 pieces. Right. And when I sell a guitar stand at uh, like 250 bucks, yeah, I don't want to up the price by 100 bucks per unit. So, you know, like I, I do have those, but the, the issue is, is the biggest things I want to turn on a metal lathe are maybe 150 mil long and right. 50 mil in diameter and this thing is a three and a half meter long lathe <laughs> and it can outrageous. turn you know I, I have no idea how big it could really turn but i'm thinking a 600 mil diameter face oh, plate would fit on that that lathe it's big enough that it becomes scary to think what you can turn on it it's big enough to scare me thinking about what if when i'm trying to get it into my workshop a skate falls off it takes and your foot. it takes my foot off or when I'm <laughs> positioning the jack it slips and like, 
the actual prospect of moving something that's so heavy is scary to me. Yeah, get someone else in. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need a, a lot of spotters and just kind of the exclusion zone if I go ahead and get it. I think I will. Yeah, just sure. do it. Yeah. Sell your table saw and put that in there. <laughs> I can turn myself a table saw. George turning <laughs> workshop. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll be a fun like resto and kind of just learning experience. But yeah, that, that's about me. What about you, Robin? Cool. I have, well, first off, the bath got installed. Well, mm. all I've been doing is working on the bathroom. First off, uh, I got the bath installed and the waterproofer came around and did all the necessaries. So now the water, the bathroom is now basically a, a pool. Yep. Um, I did a little bit of waterproofing myself around the top of the hob, installed the bath, and then he came along and did all the rest just to make – because someone mentioned to me, you need to really try and get your waterproofing under the, the bath mm-hmm. when it goes in. It's, it's, it's quite a – well, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not mandatory, but it's it's good if you can do that. It's so, purpose. and um, it's really simple to work with that waterproofing stuff. I didn't realize, you know, I just, obviously it was just a small section, but it's a lot. You know, in in a lot of the Reno shows that you watch, they make it out like you you know it's it's this it's this art. But well, really, there is, there, is, there are a multitude of different products, and they each have their own little um, kind of inconsistencies and stuff. So. Ah, okay. Um, they all they are quite different. Some the way they all go on. So, um, some of them are more difficult than others. Is that is that like? Um, are you saying like some of them aren't necessarily water based, or because I just thought a water based yeah. acrylic waterproof was exactly the same across the range? There's like I mean they go from I've seen literally fiberglass sheets being laid down. I've seen a product that is like liquid rubber, and it. And you just pour it in, and then it turns, it goes hard, and you've just literally got like a gumboot. As, as the, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, and, and, and they all have very different skill sets mm. and like experience needed. And so that stuff you've been using, presumably, was like the paint on latex type. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, um, like, we have it here too in New Zealand, and you're allowed to do it yourself here. Um, any other product other than what you've been using or similar, you have to have someone licensed. Um, and in fact, you couldn't even buy it unless you were licensed. So, Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. So I know in Australia, uh, I know Queensland, you can't do your own – well, I mean, no one's going to stop you, but you, you obviously can't, um, I guess, claim on anything. If something goes wrong, you can't do your own waterproofing. Mm-hmm. But down in South – I think South Australia, New South Wales, and Victoria, you can. Right. So it's it's quite – I don't know why – up here, and I think there's one other state as well that you can't do it. I don't know why you can't up here. I don't know what the, the difference is, um, but yeah, apparently you can't. So I saw on Instagram that you started your tiling. Yes. And my initial reaction was, what the hell are you doing? You crazy man. You've, you've made yourself so much extra work yeah. putting them on the diagonal. Yeah. And this is a like the quick bathroom reno that's dragging on, and now he's gone and made himself cut every tile like to be fair it wasn't as much extra work as i thought it was going to be from what i've read it was a little bit the i'm lucky in that i guess it was a small room so there there weren't as many cuts as if it was a big space what did screw me over though is the fact that my tile cutter my manual one really struggles on the 45 yeah so every time i wanted to make a cut 
I had to run downstairs, get the grinder out, do the cuts, <laughs> run it back up. Oh, no, not fitting. Run back downstairs, yeah. grinder out. So yeah, from that perspective, it it took. That's why it took me two days, actually two and a half days to to finish the floor. Right. And my, you know, I got it. Like I'm a fairly fit and healthy guy. But your legs and stuff. My hat goes out to Tyler's because <laughs> I was in. I was in office works the other day and it was just after I'd done the tiling and I've dropped something. I bent down to get it and I jumped up oh, oh, and I was grabbing the back one because my leg, it just cramped up. I don't know how these guys do it. And, and you know, I'll run 10 Ks on, on an average Sunday. Yeah. I don't know how these guys do it. So yeah, anyway, tiling, all the floors are done and I was about to start the walls yesterday on, it was Anzac Day here yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I was going to start the walls but i ended up with the wrong tiles so um well long story and um <laughs> so I, I had to give that a miss and just take a break and then i got a phone call today that my windows are arriving tomorrow so i'm going to put the windows in first then i'll start the tiling so hopefully i'll have the windows in this weekend and then be on to the walls and then i think that's pretty much it then once the wall tiles are done then i can finally get back into the shower like I don't, I don't, I haven't tiled the toilet. I haven't put the doors in, none of that, but it's just, it's just now a race to the finish line just yeah. to get a shower indoors. That that's the only priority. So yeah, um, that's pretty much me. Great. All right. So today what we're going to talk about is a topic that we touched on yeah. in the last 10 minutes <laughs> of last show. Um, and it turned, everyone just sort of went crazy in the, the the chat about it. So we thought we'd touch on it again and turn it into a whole episode. One of the uh, listeners, who goes by the name of Dubs, wrote in a an email, and I'm going to read the full email this time just because I didn't do it last time, and I think I, I didn't do it justice. So we've got some time. So his entire email said, I subscribe to a few different woodworking channels and have done so for a long time. I'll call the channels for this purpose channel one and channel two. I'll list list you what the channels are at the bottom of the email. Both are channels I've followed for a long time and in both cases have people that I love what they do. Or sorry, have people that love what they do. Share their creations and content with the rest of us and make people want to create things of their own. Fast forward to having enough subscribers and channel one has become intrusive with sponsorship and cutaway advertisements. Channel 2 has also become what I like to call the Michael Bay of woodworking videos due to the blatant advertising of the particular model saw with a close-up shot in slow motion of said saw. This means there is an ad before the video loads, an ad after the creator explains what he or she is creating, a cutaway ad for said sponsor during the video, and then an end-of-video reminder of the sponsor. Channel 2 has ads throughout the content. In some cases, the video and the content exist only because of the sponsor. Whilst I'll still support the channels by staying subscribed and view the content, I can't help but question their motives for doing what they do anymore. And despite the high video quality, the quality of the video still takes a dive for me due to the ads. So my question for the show well, my questions for the show are, where do you think the line is between making content the priority over ad, ad, advertisements? And does editing video take such a toll on you that you begin to lose motivation for creating videos in the first place? So that second part of the question, does video editing take such a toll on you? 
I'm going to assume that that meant in a the editing's taking so much time. The only way I can really sustain this is by getting sponsors on board because that's going to pay the bills. So I'm going to assume that it's it's connected to the, the first question. Yeah. So that's the question. Um, as I say, a lot of you guys had a lot of interesting opinions on this when we closed up the show last week. So what? Are, what? Are, where I wanted to start with this because we can go in a lot of different directions. So where, <laughs> yeah, I to, <laughs> where I wanted to start with this is. Um, Joey, you've you've not done sponsorships before. I think you've said that a few times. Uh, yeah, I I wanted I want to clarify perhaps because it's funny when you have a whole week to think on a subject. Um, oh, we're starting off with some breaking news. <laughs> well, no, it's just uh, you. It really gives you a chance to go through all the little details of the subject, and like I just mentioned, it it, it becomes a big, a huge subject that mm. is not is not black and white is it's mainly gray and um so there's a lot of exceptions to every rule every time i came up with a scenario i'd be running through all these kind of what what would what would i do if this happened and then i'd i'd go oh about this and all about that and so um i think um yeah there's so i think last time i was like i i, I don't don't want to do sponsors or something like that mm. um now that's not entirely true, but what I don't want to do is um, I don't like ads and videos that have got nothing to do with at least the subject matter. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm opposed to most of all. I, I think yeah. most of us would agree that I think we're all monetized from like the Google AdSense part, yeah. so we can't really do anything about which ad is displayed um yeah i think for the purpose of this sense. talk that that the the youtube ads that's that's something fairly separate we're talking yeah. about sponsored, sponsored right. videos yeah and that's why yeah. i was interested to find out if you had ever done a um a sponsored video because i wanted to get your opinion on what your or, or how the process went yeah. i think a lot of people listening to the show might not necessarily be aware of what what happens from, yeah, right. from a sponsorship perspective. George, you, you've done a few sponsors, haven't you? I have. So I've only had one long-term sponsor, which was I Would Like. That was a few years ago. And that arrangement wasn't – it was more of a handshake arrangement than a monetary one. So essentially what happened was they sponsored me with a free machine in exchange for I think it was like seven videos or something outlining – how to use the machine correctly, how to set it up and all that sort of stuff. And then it was the only other thing was that we got a shout out at the beginning of the show for I think it was 12 or 24 months. And, you know, for me at that time, it was a $7,000 joint to thickness of combo machine. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't do that? And it wasn't, yeah. like to me, it wasn't intrusive at all. But I know with a lot of the bigger guys who get the sponsors, which are... Uh, what's the word, you know, like, oh, and today we're sponsored by this person and they've asked us to make this. Yeah. Like those those sponsorship arrangements are a lot different because they've got deadlines, they've got to send the video off to that particular company for the approval. Once the video has gone live and it hits X thousand views, then their money might clear. Yeah, like right. They don't get paid up front for a, for a video. They get paid after the video is published and after they've met their end of the bargain 
Mm-hmm. So from that perspective as well, I think you can kind of forgive the guys that do overdo it because a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure coming from their sponsors and they want to get paid for this. And like YouTube ad revenue is not very much. I mean, mm-hmm. some people it's enough to get by, but like for me, my my monthly expense is four thousand dollars, and there is no way in hell I could make four thousand dollars through YouTube revenue. Mm. Um, like people do, but there's uh, yeah, way think, bigger than my channel. I think it's worth pointing out that until fairly recently, it was a lot more doable, and I think in the last six months, a lot of people have just noticed a massive dive in. Mm what how youtube's algorithms are working and people and i think that's why we've also seen an increase in ads because the actual adsense revenue is really dropped off it has yeah like it used to be 17 17 something like cpm which is i think cents per mil or something right yes. whatever it works cents per thousand I think. yeah like so like for every thousand views of the ad you would get 17 dollars, but it dropped way down to next to nothing when that yeah. whole saga yeah. went through and now it's slowly coming back up but not by much it wasn't 17 dollars. it was probably 17 cents if we got 17 dollars per thousand views we'd all be in in mansions It's interesting you talk about that with the AdSense because I was doing a bit of research on this. The number of six-figure AdSense earners on on the site is increasing by 50%. The stat was in 2017. 50% year on year, the six-figure AdSense earners. Oh, great. Oh, okay. So, wow. yeah, money is still there. Um, oh, it's, it's doable, but it's just like the hardest job in the world to get <laughs> to that point. Yeah. yeah. So exponential, yeah. Yeah. The, the, my experience with the one sponsorship that I've done, um, you know, proper, proper sponsorship was uh, a phone call late at night with um, a company and it was an American guy out of Minnesota and he called me up and we had this long conversation, super cool. But the whole time in the conversation, he was pushing me out, or pushing the question of, am I going to be able to sell this product? Now, at the time, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to, but going with what you said, George, about the pressure, the pressure was there before mm. I'd even agreed to anything. It's right. constantly it's on the go. I then got the product sent out to me and I put, my, put it you know, into the videos and none of them sold. I then got an email back from the company, a super friendly email, and there's nothing wrong with this company. They were, they were fantastic to work with. Sort of saying like, what happened? <laughs> and it was terrible. It was awful. From that, that sponsorship, you know, the people, the comments, 50% of the comments were people saying, you know, corporate chill, sell out, et cetera. <laughs> the company was saying, where's the revenue? I made nothing. I got some product, but I made nothing on it. So all in all, and the reason why I just want to start the show off with this is because I, I just want to put into people's mind that when a creator takes on a sponsorship, it's not like a truck rolls up, the back drops open and money just falls out. Like there's a, there's a lot that goes with uh-huh. it. Um, you know, so just, just have that in, in mind when we, you know, when we talk about this. Yeah. So, okay. Whoever wants to go, go. <laughs> okay. I did uh, one sponsorship really. I think it was the only time I've actually had someone decide that they would do, do something. Um, 
I I needed a bunch of new planes for a job and I contacted H&T Gordon because I was going to buy some anyway. And I said, hey, look, you've got a YouTube channel. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. Um, I, I need to buy some planes if you want to help me out. You throw one in for free or whatever and I'll give you a shout out. He goes, yeah, sweet. So that's essentially what happened. I think he gave me two free planes and I bought six or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so... Yes, technically, it is a sponsored ad, but it's not like I got paid for it. And I still actually essentially paid my way to get those tools. And I was going to buy them anyway. I probably just wouldn't have bought um, eight. That many, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's on my video, it's down as a paid promotion, um, which, because at the time, I'm not sure, Robin, you may know more specifics. Um, YouTube have got a pretty there's a set of kind of rules about uh, if you're getting kind of product to advertise that still counts as a paid promotion. And if you don't uh, market as a paid promotion, something like that, they can take some of your revenue more than they, they usually would. Well, it's not so much that they can take your revenue away. It's just that you are then technically or legally not not obeying the law so there mm. I, I think i think there's okay. this there's a there's a two-part problem to this one is that um youtube's trying to enforce these these ever-changing rules because this this landscape is changing all the time mm. and that the legal system is trying to play catch up all the time because mm. they're trying to trying to make these new rules so these two you know these two parties are mm. constantly moving and that's why like yourself you're saying i don't i don't know like what is the ruling how does this work because a lot of the time people don't know there was some there was a statistic um that i read earlier today this is in 2018 90% of sponsored adverts are not um sort of notified or, or i don't know what the term is oh really it, it disclosed are not disclosed properly in america huh. 90% wow jeez I mean, I've done like a few videos where I've been given the item for free and I've given it like the overview or whatever. And I've not really declared them as paid. It's not a paid endorsement because it's just, well, they've given this to me and I thought I'd give yeah. them a shout out. But then I've also done it where like I got a couple of uh, 3D printers where I did declare it because from that video, I also got um, affiliate sale commission. So if someone clicked on my link, I would make a couple of bucks. And mm. so if that was the case, I'd declare it. But if it was just me being nice to this, like when Bosch sent me um, some drills and a jigsaw and all of that, I just decided to do a video for them. It wasn't that they yeah. asked for it. It's just, yeah. well, these guys sent me all this free stuff. Good on them. Okay. Check it yeah, out. Yeah. And it's really good quality. So why not? Like, so there, there must be that, that whole area is essentially I would imagine very gray in terms of YouTube rules about endorsements and things like that, because yeah, if you're yeah. just doing it off your own back and you, you want, you're a good guy and you're just helping someone out and you're stoked to get something for free. And then YouTube come along essentially, and they could be saying, um, Hey, you owe us some money for, you know, your yeah. 2000 views or whatever it is. So we're going to dock you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And as Dan's just pointed out in the, in the comments, um, he's just said, how do you cope with the different rules for different countries? Different countries have different guidelines. Mm. So that makes it even more complicated because technically in in Australia, if I'm 
putting up my video in America, I need to follow America's laws. <laughs> but if I put my video out in the UK or, or in England, I need to follow England. So then it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, it's just madness. It's just not no, I've ever even thought of it. <laughs> I have, but it's just, you can't, yeah. it's just it's so stupid because it's all going into this internet. Like, this rules don't matter that's country wise. So. But so, it, on, on the same breath, like with this, with this company that I'm running, it took me a long time to register a company because I just thought, well, it doesn't matter. You know, right. I don't know. I don't know the rules. And I was earning all this, this tax free money, just, yeah, just yeah. money in, under the, but because business is so old and understood, someone could say, that's not how it's done. It's got to be like this, but YouTube, it's just the wild west. So, um, I agree. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not a, opposed to i think last week perhaps i said i am um, opposed to all ads maybe yeah. something in that vein well i i have changed my opinion um <laughs> like i said um people are allowed to change so don't hang me um um that's it unsubscribe yeah that's it everyone's gone i like the idea of a sponsor who like for example the the one that springs to mind first is the wood whisperer with powermatic yeah. Mm. Then he puts a sign up in the back and it says, thanks to Powermatic for the video. And then he just makes a video. That's that was what I, your, I would like, George. That's what I think. Yeah. Exact yeah. same, yeah. That's what a sponsor should be for our type of content, I believe. Because um, why we aren't in the business of telling people what shaving cream to put on their face. No. <laughs> no. So like we are woodworkers or makers, so we've got no like it does has no logic. It and, has to be um, relevant to the craft or the, the subject of that video. And it can't be yeah. something like say that you're running a woodworking channel and then you're saying, Well, it's relevant to the video because this video is about painting fairy dust, but it's like it's not relevant to the usual content that you're creating. So like the the yeah. weirdest yeah, I approach I've had was special K or something like a cereal, right? It's like it's got nothing to do with what I what I do. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I must... and the, the chat's pulling out a couple. There's Hello Fresh, <laughs> which is the food. Casper mattresses, yeah. uh, Dollar Shave, as you said, Joey. So they are there. There's a I quite didn't say anything about Dollar Shave. Go on. Oh, I thought that's why you were pulling it out because someone I was just mentioning did something it in the chat. about shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the adverts are working. <laughs> I, I just remembered. Um, I will uh, full disclosure. I I talked about it before. My Felder saw my hammer panel saw. Mm. Um, I they gave me a discount because I said I had a YouTube channel, and I actually it was after what I was looking for was that long term sponsor that I could put a have the saw and then say a little you know these videos are bought to you by Felder, and that would be it. That's mm. what I was looking for. Ended up getting a discount and all they want was the, the saw and the videos. And that's yeah. what you see just about in every video anyway. Um, so I don't, well, technically, I don't know. Technically, do I need to say it's a pro paid promotion? I don't know. I paid for 98% of my saw. So I don't think you need to say that's a paid. <laughs> that's just a video. Yeah. yeah. So um, someone in the chat earlier, I think it was, was Dan was mentioning the fact that he is on YouTube red, yeah. which is basically a way of, circumventing the AdSense, um, the AdSense uh, adverts. Mm. I read a really interesting statistic the other day about Facebook and their ad structure and how 
if so when facebook was first created and, and youtube would follow the same the same thing when facebook was first created the internet was a very different place ads weren't as rampant as they are today when facebook was created if you had gone to people and said right you can have access to the service but you've got to pay a little money people said no not a chance mm. i'm not going to pay out of my pocket for this that's ridiculous so companies like facebook they go to advertisers and say here's some free space what can you do there was a recent study done that if you were to pay for Facebook today, it would be something ridiculous like six bucks a month. Now, can you imagine paying six bucks a month for Facebook and to just get zero ads? But they're talking about it, right? Like, and, and, and that's the thing because there's now so many people on board that it's, it's now so cheap to go. But unfortunately, because people don't, don't want to and didn't want to spend the money in the first place, you know, that's what's got us into this this mess, so to speak. Um, speaking of YouTube Red, uh, I'm not sure if you, if you guys have seen it, but I actually get paid from YouTube Red views. Yeah, yeah, you get a yeah. So you do. It's a very minor amount, but that is also because there is a very minor amount of people on YouTube Red comparatively, mm-hmm. um, and that money just comes out of the person's subscription money. Mm-hmm. So while you pay to be on YouTube Red, that money goes to the creators, at least a very small portion of it does. Um, so, yeah, we still actually do get some revenue from YouTube Red views, which is nice from the creator's point of view. Technically, you actually get a higher percentage of YouTube Red money than you do from AdSense. Right. So the YouTube yeah. Red idea is is fantastic everybody yeah. wins youtube everyone wins be a huge win for everyone but yeah. it's it's that same thing as facebook you're not going to pay for you know however many million people use facebook one percent might pay to use that services yeah that's the thing but what about um i think like another part of that question because we're, we're obviously approaching this from a creative standpoint with yeah. the technical jargon but what about from someone that's watching a video and you see, like you said in the email, you see the uh, YouTube ad and then you click skip and you go into the video and then they give you an ad about their sponsor and then they stop halfway through. Like how many is too many? Because I personally, I don't mind YouTube ads as long as I can skip them. I don't like the 30 second long ones. Mm. That annoys the hell out of me and I generally click away. But the the skippable ads, they're fine. Um but once you hit the video, I think for me, one ad in the video is fine and it has to be quick. It can't be like 30 seconds. It's just saying, and you know, like um, what's his name? Steve Ramsey and micro jig. And it's okay. like 10 seconds. If that goes. And, and he's made it comedic as and well. Comedic. Like that yeah. is fine. But when it yeah. is a 30 second thing about, you know, uh, Matt Cremona did a thing with clothing, workwear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember. Oh, like, that went on forever and it was just stupid. It didn't make any sense. Like you can wear anything to cut a log with a sawmill. <laughs> you probably shouldn't wear a bikini because it's dangerous, but you could if you wanted to. Like you don't anyway. I think one ad is good as long as it's short, but anything else to me it, it starts to get a little bit too much. Yeah. Especially we- uh, I'll just say this. Um I have to watch some awful videos with my little two, three year old. Um and some of those kids' uh, channels will put an ad every minute and a half. 
on a half an hour long video. Yeah. And because I assume that parents just plop the kid down and you just, it's just add, 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 add. Gaming the system. Yeah. And, oh my God. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But a, that's a whole different thing. But There's like a, a welding channel that his videos are maybe, I'd say 30 to 40 minutes long on average. And he only uses YouTube ads. He doesn't advertise like in his videos himself, but he stops the video, I think, every three minutes for a YouTube ad. So it yeah. goes away, it does a skippable ad, then comes back in. And the thing is, like, his content's really good and I want to know what he's saying, but I get so fed up with it stopping and changing to a YouTube ad and then coming back in every couple of minutes that I just can't watch those videos. Yeah. My rule of thumb at the moment is an ad for every 10 minutes of content. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Uh, and that seems to be working. Um, I would never go above anything more than that even that i kind of cringe a bit about but um that, that kind of seems to be a bit of an, a reward for the amount of time spent making every 10 minutes of, of footage so yeah yeah i'd agree with that 10 minutes interval is fine which is interesting because that's roughly what you expect when you're watching te- tv anything pretty much yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. how they break up there um their ad breaks. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. So there was a, a study done, a recent study by Princeton, someone at Princeton University. They looked at 500,000 YouTube um, videos, 0.67%. So 3,400 videos contained affiliate links. Now, affiliate links are similar to sponsorships. It's basically a link that if you click on um, – mm then the creator gets some money and they generally push to that link, which is where the sponsorship came in. But it was just, I was really interested in that because it feels like in our world, every second video, someone's got a sponsorship in it. It seems like it's just everyone. Mm. But this study, which was obviously fairly broad, there, it wasn't a particular category. Not even 1% of the videos were, were um, sponsored. I mean, you, right. when you when you're on YouTube or do you feel like it's just it's just all the time uh yeah I mean I've kind of you know I've changed my viewing habits from watching YouTube uh sorry watching woodworking videos on YouTube because every single one of them well okay, let's say the majority of them would have some sort of ad or endorsement like you know whether it be a tool like Ryobi or something mm-hmm. different like a clothing brand it's just kind of started to get a little bit over the top, in my opinion, with mm. everything having some sort of ad pushed on you. Um, I still do watch plenty of woodworking videos, but it's just changed that habit of sitting down in the morning with my cup of coffee and putting yeah. YouTube on. Like that's kind of stopped because it's just not what I was looking at anymore. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I think it. I would have thought it would be a lot higher than one percent. Yeah, like I would have thought maybe fifty percent, but. Not the case. <laughs> do, do I mean I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I certainly don't branch out that much. I stick within like two or three kind of categories. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So does I was talking to with my assistant Nick um, in the workshop about this. Does any other video types or um, communities do what's happening at the moment, where you have the the ad in the middle of the video? where they have the little the new little time bar comes up and it tells you how long the ad's going to run for and they do the straight up advertorial in the middle of the of the woodworking video like for the mattresses or whatever it might be 
Um, does that happen in other types of YouTube communities other than woodworking? I haven't seen that. So I've seen I, uh, me either. I've seen lots of ads in. Um, so I watch a lot of technology and um, technology and gaming videos. And there it's always very just it's integrated. It's the guys talking about a new phone. Just to let you guys know, this this ad this video is sponsored by so and so, blah, blah, blah. And it's so unintrusive. It doesn't break the flow. Now I'm not saying mm. that that in our genre they're doing it wrong. Maybe that's no. just the stipulation of the brand. But it's just um, you know, like a, sim a simple mm. example is um I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Uh, Casey Neistat, for example, whenever he does a now, obviously he's he's big enough that I'm pretty sure he calls the shots when it comes Who's to sports. Hey? Never heard of him uh, before, but he does it so well. Like I feel so much more invested in what he's talking about because of the way he does that ad. Because mm. there's not this break. Right, we've all got to pause, watch yeah. the video, and move on. So yeah, I think you know. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people in the in the chat here are talking about ad blockers a little bit, mm. and um, I, I I kind of came to the conclusion suddenly the other day that the ad blocker doesn't work for the built-in ad, no, and no. it's a way that maybe um, companies these days are stipulating that you have to have kind of a breakaway type ad that is still going to be viewed even if you need to fast forward it. You're going to see the logo up in the corner. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's got to have a lot of a, you know, that would be a lot of the reason why people are doing breakaways because of mm. ad block. But I, uh, what was I? I had something on my mind about the same it. subject and I lost it. Why are you thinking oh, about it? It was about I'm, the ad block. I was just saying I used to have an ad block, but then right. I realized that I'm doing away from people's contribution when I have that ad block on. And, you know, I'm someone that has monetized my videos, so mm. I want the revenue. So I removed it because I thought, well, that's cheating. I'm I'm doing one rule for them, but one for myself. Yeah. Um, technically on YouTube now, I don't know if this is the case at the moment because, as I say, it's always changing. Technically, at some stage, you weren't supposed to watermark your video with a brand. Like that was against their guidelines. Yes. Now, obviously, you, we were talking about um, the Wood Whisperer earlier with Powermatic all over it. So it's there. Now, I don't know what that watermark is, but I think to what you're saying, Joey, that's, I think that's similar. That's why they didn't – you couldn't just stick a brand in a video like that mm. because then it was – if it. someone didn't want to watch the videos or the adverts, they couldn't yeah. get away from it. Mm. That could be it. That could be it. Um, I'm just going through some of the other stats that are – um, research here. Interesting. How-to videos, the search how-to is growing by 70% each year. I so imagine. I think that's probably why one of our, why our neck of the woods is so targeted by ads mm. because it's such a popular, Yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily our channels, but if you get a, a like a, but the hashtag, like to make stuff or um, yeah. modern builds where it's just, it's just, going through the roof and you're a brand like that's just a gold mine waiting to be tapped yeah it's interesting uh, i guess probably the um advertisers don't care or maybe they should i don't know while what i've noticed with some of those channels not specifically those two um but while they they may be growing and having a lot of views suddenly the actual content, especially in the how-to 
um, game is not necessarily very how-to. It's mm. kind of hashed together and happens to be getting a crap load of views, hence mm. all the ads. Mm. And that kind of perpetuates on to, to, to for the same kind of content, I think. So that is not necessarily a good um, kind of ball to be rolled. <laughs> yeah, you almost, there's a there's a sense of, of gaming the system a bit. Um, I recently had an example, well, it wasn't recent, it was actually a while ago, where I did a, I made a video that did fairly well and another channel came out with a video almost exactly the same within a couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> and I just, this was, this was a channel that was quite heavily sponsored and obviously this is all speculation, but I got this impression that it was, ah, there's a, there's no there. There's, there's a, something, a, a trend that I can follow, you know, we'll get the ads onto that and, mm. and we yeah, go. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That's, that's that as well. How many times has it happened that you've had a plan to release a video and then you go onto your feed the day before you're going to release it <laughs> and the exact same thing? So, like, it's happened at least four or five times to me. Like, and that's why I do want to say it could yeah, be coincidence. I don't want to be that grumpy guy who's saying no one can copy me because I think that's just that's even worse. But it, yeah, it was just this very, very interesting coincidence. Right, I have a question for you guys, unless you want to carry on a little bit more oh, there. I'm ready for a question. Um, something I've been pondering for quite a long time, and I think I've made my mind up on this myself, but I'm interested especially about Robin's answer. Um, Patreon, mm. what's your thoughts there? I have a fairly strong view at the moment. So Dirk was actually asking about it earlier. Um, I think Patreon is great, and it's so so grassroots which is amazing mm. that's what i love about it it's just it's totally transparent um and half the time people are supporting you not necessarily your content so yeah. you know, everyone yeah. who i've heard of with patreon is saying my patrons don't care what i spend or what i do with it they just they just want to give me money that's the exact reason why i've still got one because i want exactly. to shut it down and 70, 80 emails the same day I announced it saying, no, keep it open. We don't care about your videos. I'm supporting you and your dream. Keep it alive. Yeah. And then the wow. next one, the same that's message. Really cool. And that's the reason I've still got it. Mm. Not because I necessarily want the Patreon thing anymore. I feel like I wasn't putting out enough content. I felt like I wasn't living up to what I promised. So I was going to mm. shut it down. And then all these guys, they came and said, no, don't shut it down. I want to keep that's supporting you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I 100% can vouch for that um, opinion of it's not about the content you're creating, it's about the person. Yeah, so I would say if you are, if you are a medium to large YouTube channel, do it, go for it. Clearly, people are engaged in your content, therefore, they're going to want to support you. Where I think a lot of people go wrong, and I made this mistake as well, is Patreon, I heard about this Patreon. I thought, oh, well, let me just go for it. I'll just start a Patreon. And I was too small. I, I mean, technically, I think I'm still too small for a Patreon. I don't have I don't have a, a rabid enough audience for it to work. Mm. Um, so you can either go the route of, I'll just put it up and see what happens. But 99% of the time, nothing's going to happen. And you just, you got to be okay with that. Or yeah, wait until you are big enough that people are wanting more stuff. And then you go for it and, and yeah. make some money off it. Yeah. And I, I think, um, where is it? Stark, Raving, Lunatic has a very good point. 
Um, but when I was starting to see a, a large gain in Patreon, I started pushing it more, and right. that is really a negative effect on it because people ah, start getting sick of it. So I did the okay. like I thought having the thing on the wall with everyone's names that is pledging is a really cool way of saying thanks. You're actually a part mm. of the workshop now. But that kind of did backfire because, like Stark Raven Lunatic has said, it was actually annoying people in the right. videos and it was driving the other sense of revenue. Like uh, the people that are on it love it, but the people that are watching a video for something else yeah, hate it. And it's that balancing act. So um, like one mention in the video at the end or whatever, great, or even just the, the symbol, but I wouldn't go to the extreme where I did, where I was thanking people that were coming on board in a video. I'll do it all mm. by Patreon. I'll go on to them and say, thanks for coming on board with a PM or something. Because mm. yeah. The balancing line is tough. So let's what because we're we're almost out of time. What I thought we could do is let's do a quick, let's short short paragraph encapsulate your feelings <laughs> on this. Like let let's see where we stand. Um, John, okay. do you do you want to go first and work, on, what what's your stance on on sponsored videos and and what where is to answer Dubs's original email? Where is the line between? Um, okay, I am jealous of sponsored videos because I wish there was more going in our neck of the woods here. Um, I think if I was to say I am for or against, I am at the end of the day, I'm for them because it is enabling people to do what they like, but I am not a big fan of where it's heading with the breakaway and all of that because it's just annoying and it takes away from the viewing experience. So mm. I like it, but I don't love it. That's me. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, I, yeah, at the end of the day, I think that sponsorship is fine as long as it's targeted and ideally a long-term partnership rather than video-by-video video sponsorship. Mm. I think that, especially for a brand, is going to make way more sense to have long-term, um, uh, what's the word, um, um, support for a channel. I think that's going to, create better business for them rather than an obvious paid advertisement for one single slot where everyone knows that they're just paying for this this one thing they're not going to stay and stick behind their mm -hmm. creator of choice so mm -hmm. yeah for me some kind of long-term partnership would be the way to go yeah mm -hmm. i'd have to say provided that the sponsorship is relevant to your audience and you know that it's re relevant to your audience. I mean, obviously you're allowed to make mistakes, but if you willingly put something out that is just completely irrelevant to your audience, as long as you're sticking with that and you are, I don't know, transparent enough that we as the audience know that you're doing this to, or you're doing it in the, in the, with the right intention, then it's absolutely fine. I will support sponsorships you know, and, and until the day my YouTube channel dies, because it's it's a it's the way forward. But it's the people who who take on the sponsorships too soon or too aggressively, mm. um, and may, maybe maybe to answer the, the the original question of where is the line, I don't think there is necessarily necessarily a line because you'll have these trends where at the moment we are talking about that breakaway advert that's gone too far. And in the future, mm. someone might try something else and that'll work. There, there is no such thing as a line. It's just what people are enjoying or what yeah. people aren't enjoying. So I don't think 
Dubs, I don't think there there is a line. Um, yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's all great. It's it's all great. Yeah, it's all great. It's all I would great. like to see more like product placement kind of ads rather than cutaway ads. So, like that would be fine by me if yeah. they show off a table saw or whatever they're using. That's yeah. fine, but the cutaway for me is just yeah. yeah. I think mention the sponsor at the start, and that's about it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, that's about it for the show. There's just one more thing that I wanted to mention. Um, seeing as it was Anzac Day this uh, yesterday, we had a couple of I had a couple of people email me about Dirk uh, Sumo's projects. He made a very cool video about Anzac Day and and you know what it represents and all that. And I just I think it was a very cool video. Um, I know we didn't. We aren't necessarily doing. Uh, we're not shouting out any videos this week. Um, but I did just want to shout that video out because it was very cool. As I say, a few people mentioned it to me, so I'll have that in the description down below. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for the show. Um, uh, John, Joey, anything else you guys want to add? No, just uh, see you next week at the Wood Show. Oh yeah, that's Woo. all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be there next week, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning, Saturday and Sunday. If you're in the area, come and say hello. Yep. It's going to be very cool to meet. So we've got a few people that are coming so far, and um, I'm excited to meet some new faces. Um, but other than that, that's about the show for tonight, guys. Thanks, everyone, in the chat for um, all the comments and questions. It was, wow, we had a lot of very active. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people involved tonight, which is so cool, so, so cool. Um, so I hope we can do the same thing next week and yeah uh, thanks for listening uh, thanks for watching and yeah we'll see you guys again the same time same place next week right see ya <laughs>